Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Talking Wyndham podcast. I'm Kevin Hillier. Podcast, of course, uh, is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. And uh, the other week, uh, Barbara McClure from the uh, Committee for Wyndham went off to the uh, Melbourne Fashion Festival and was lucky enough to be there when uh, one of our businesses here in the West, in fact, a business in the Point Cook Shopping Centre, uh, debuted in a big way as part of the uh, Melbourne Fashion Festival on the Independent Runways event. And, and actually opened the Independent Runways event. So uh, Barb thought that was a terrific idea to have a chat uh, to the uh, the winner or a finalist, I should say, in the new and emerging micro-business category of the 2019 Wyndham Business Awards. Uh, the business is called Ornay Trends and the label is Ornay by Pruna Kana. So we're going to talk to Pruna today about uh, her story, about uh, the success of being part of the Melbourne Fashion Festival and a whole lot of other things. Hope you'll enjoy this chat. On the Talking Wyndham podcast, my guest this week, as I said, uh, is uh, Pruna Kana from uh, from Orne Trends. So that's uh, Orne is the uh, is the brand, and she joins me now. Hello, Pruna. How are you? Hi, Kevin. I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Now you had a very uh, a very exciting uh, evening on uh, on Monday night, just gone uh, with a uh, a big uh, runway event uh, at the Melbourne Fashion Festival. Yeah, um, it is indeed. Um, thank you very much for inviting me for the podcast. That's the first foremost thing. I would like to thank you, everybody who's been um, who's been to the to the show and uh, had uh, um, real good feedback. And um, thanks, Kevin, for uh, calling me in. Uh, well, yes, um, it was 9th of March. Uh, we had Vamp uh, uh, Independent Runway, and um, yeah, we um, ordinarily we opened um, the uh, the evening. Um, as well, and uh, yeah, um, we showcased our autumn winter for the season. So, how did that come about? Uh, were you were you chosen from a long list of uh, of other brands uh, and fashion labels uh, to to get that honor? Oh, definitely yes. Um, look, how it works is um, we, I've been building upon my portfolio for a while, and I've I've been um, chosen by the organizer who've been uh, accredited for um, the independent runway to run an independent runway by himself. So. Um, he we got um, selected by the organizer, and our details were forwarded as well uh, with our biodata and our portfolio. And um, yeah, and we were finally um, um, selected for um, the showcase on the 9th of March. So tell us, I mean, the Melbourne Fashion Festival obviously is a very big event. Uh, what did you have to do? Was it just was it one garment that was shown? Was it a range of garments? Uh, did you did you have to put the whole thing together yourself as a, as an event? Um, yes, um, uh, at the moment, what I showcased was my autumn winter collection. Um, I had around eleven to twelve outfits, and um, um, the theme uh, for the for for the season was shades of black. I just was wanting to put something together for everybody because um, I had been designing um, ready to wear and uh, couture as well. But this time I was very much inclined to do something classic, um, something what everybody, I mean, black is something very boring, uh-huh. but I just came up with an idea of putting things, um, you know, just to have shades of black with lots of different embroideries, patterns, fabrics, and everything to be playing around. 
And especially when it was around um, the International Women's Day, I really wanted to portray uh, a strong woman in black. Yeah. Um, that was my idea behind the whole um, show that, yes, I really want to have that strong, empowered woman uh, walking in my clothing line. I imagine to uh, to get this opportunity is a, is a fairly nerve wracking uh, event uh, for you to to organise. Uh, uh, at the end of it, were you were you relieved? Were you excited? Uh, How'd you feel when it was all over? And what was the reaction? Oh my God! I opened the show. I opened the night, and it was overwhelming for me. Everybody was telling me this was one of the best collections I've had so far, and the crowd, the way they cheered it up, and literally, I didn't even finish the. The, the snake walk in the end when I literally came in on the runway, I bursted into tears because it uh, was so overwhelming and uh, people had to literally came come to me and tell me the collection, the fabrics, everything is so spectacular. So I was among the 10 designers and it was such an overwhelming um, um, uh, appraisal that I got from the crowd. It was it was very nerve-wracking, uh, but it was, it, I mean, it just feels like I accomplished um, something really great, you know. It was a sense of achievement, definitely, for my team, my whole crew. Everything was perfect. So how many people were involved with you in, in putting together your presentation? So with my presentation, it was definitely me, uh, my husband, my staff, um, and um, uh, because I design, I get things done. From um, I get the I get um, uh, the samples made on the swatches. I send them across, and I you know I sew half of the garments. I I get one half of the garments stitched as well. So what I did was um, I presented this um, the whole range. Then I had millineries. Um, there is La Alicante. Um, they they collaborated with us for the millineries. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much, I would say, it was just uh, um, I, uh, my team, uh, my staff, and my, yeah, my, my partners um, in terms of um, um, Elena. She is a millinery. She, she handcrafts it very well. So we put it together, and, um, yeah, I just presented uh, on, on the runway. I want to talk about more about the, uh, the sort of the back-of-house stuff that happens, but uh, you've got a retail outlet in the, in the Point Cook Shopping Centre where people can go and have a look at, at, uh, at what, uh, what you make. Is this, is this event uh, with, the, with the Melbourne Fashion Festival and being you know, part of the, uh, the independent runway event, does that kind of launch you to a much bigger and, uh, and broader audience now that have, have had the opportunity to see your stuff? Oh, definitely, yes. Look, I did participate in Melbourne Fashion Week as well um, last year in September and um, literally wouldn't believe half of my outfits. I've had 10 outfits that I stitched. Half of them were literally, um, they were sold out straight away. So this does give me me a lot of branding and it does let people um, jump onto my site, my website, my Facebook, my social media. And I have been literally driving the, the traffic off to my small store in Point Cook from across Australia, I would say. Um, all those five outfits literally had gone, either gone to Brisbane, Queensland, um, New South Wales. I've had people from across. So it's been a fantastic exposure. And definitely after this um, event on the 9th of March, when um, uh, it's just people all across across Melbourne had attended the show and it's one of the biggest festivals in town. I'm actually looking at a very big exposure. I've had a call from the organizer yesterday and he said, 
it was just amazing. He'd been literally um, hearing about me and uh, how people were inquiring about my brand and my store and everything. Um, so I've got a website as well, www.onitrends.com.au. Um, and um, seriously, I've, I've had a fantastic review after this event. Oh, fantastic. Now, you're a finalist in the new and emerging micro business category at the 2019 Wyndham Business Awards. So how long, yes. is, uh, how long has Ornay Trends been around as a, as a label? Um, uh, we've been around for almost um, two years now, and um, two, two and a half years. And uh, um, yeah, I just came up with an idea of launching my own label under Ornay Trends. And Ornay is actually, it means to ornate, to decorate. So okay. Ornay is a French word. So I literally, it's, it's a niche market. And, you know, you do get uh, lifestyle clothing around. But it's very hard to fetch something nice, something formal uh, for your occasions, those special occasions, and you need somebody um, to get you the best fashion clothing in the market with the best of the prices. I mean, my prices and everything is very competitive. Because of my rich um, background, I've got 18 to 20 years of um, uh, experience in this trade. Um, I could literally utilize my best sourcing and my designing skills to work out, I'm not, I, I, one thing is that I don't compromise on my quality. Yeah. So I literally offer um, the best quality in a very, very competitive price to my customers. Now, your home country is India, but you've worked obviously extensively overseas. I, I believe you spent time both in Canada and the US. Can you tell us a little about your background in the fashion industry? Yeah, um, as I said, I've got eight, uh, I've, I've been in, in the industry for 18 years. I've got some seven to eight years of um, education in fashion. I'm a fashion graduate from uh, one of the top um, uh, universities in India. It's called um, National Institute of Fashion Technology. Yep. Um, I did my graduation in fashion design and IT, and I did my post-graduation in uh, fashion design and um, IT as well. Um, then um, after having a lot of experience, and there was one saturation point when I decided that I really need to pursue my uh, my my studies, and I really needed to pursue myself being on the bias position because I've actually worked with one of the top-notch brands across the globe um, in interim, and I just realized that I really need to um, study, and I pursue. I I moved to Sydney. I pursued my masters in fashion and retail, and um, that's how how I started uh, my journey in Australia. And then I was um, select, selected. I was uh, during when I was actually finishing my studies. I I started working with um, um, fast future brands as a design buyer. That's how I started my journey again into the industry. And um, yeah, after two years, I just moved to Canada. I was just wanted to explore that side of uh, the world, and uh, I started working with uh, the Buffalo Jeans. Um, Buffalo David Beton in um, Montreal, yeah. and um, yeah, and I was an assistant product manager. So coming from a very different background of production and sourcing, and you know, having rich heritage in terms of manufacturing, I could utilize my skills um, um, towards buying and developing the product, which were what you know commercially viable. I mean, from the other side of you know, um, and um, yeah. It's been a fantastic journey. I came back to Melbourne and I decided to launch my brand. I thought this is it. I think it's high time. I really wanted to start something of my own. And uh, yeah, I just came up with this name and I just um, yeah launched it. I started from home. Yep. Um, that's after having my first uh, little one. I just said I really need to start something 
and I started in a small room from my home. Um, started the business. I've had it for for almost like um, um, an year, and then I decided to have a store because it was just expanding and expanding. I eventually got um, a nice place reserved in um, Central Lake Shopping Center, and I've been around now 18 months. Um, yeah, it's just doing fantastic. I've got one thing I would like to say with my hard work and my team's effort, we've had 100% success rate, not even a single complaint from the customer, and we vouch on it. We look after our customers, and customers love us. That is the uh, the best recommendation you can possibly get is uh, is from your own customers. How did how did Point Cook finish up being? Uh, was it just because it was the closest place to home, and you've obviously got a young family? Uh, uh, was that was that the reasoning behind that? Look, uh, as I said, I when I started from home, and of course I'm uh, I'm having a young family. Um, I started pursuing uh, some kind of references help. I would say from Windham Council. I cannot uh, forget mentioning them because. There was so much of mentoring I was getting. I was reading through a lot of pages, a lot of stuff around. And literally being this in the West, I was really wanting to stay here. There was never an inclination towards moving to the East or towards the city or anywhere else. Yeah. I love the West. I, I the kind of support that we get from here. And um, as, as I mean, you, you know about the finalists um, and myself being the finalist for New and Emerging, I'm also the finalist for People's Choice Awards which is incredible for me for such a young entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, within one year's time, I've been chosen the top three or four years. So it was an achievement. I really, really want to service the West. I want to service my clients. I mean, I do have people coming across um, everywhere, but, um, you know, I really want to stay here in the West and uh, people love me around. So, yeah, um, even if I would expand, I am not going anywhere. Your uh, your advice to people uh, sort of starting uh, where you were two and a half years or two years ago when you started, uh, is, there, is there a couple of things you would change now if you went back and started again that you could advise other people about? I would, I would say never stop believing in yourself. Never give up. Um, that's the only thing I would like to say. And there's nothing – I mean, my husband had been very supportive, so that's one advice I would give it to every woman, uh-huh. every man, um, every guy around. Like, you know, if you have a woman, she's got a vision. Just live that vision. That's what my husband did, and he said, you've got a spark. I can't let it die. That's what he said to me. Yeah. And um, I'm so proud of my husband, my family, my little one, who's five years now, and that's what I can just say that, you know, never give up. If you have a vision, if you have a dream, live it. And, um, um, yeah, just, just live it to the fullest. That's it. Pruna, the, uh, the, has the vision changed now that you've had uh, this, uh, this sort of taste of the big time with the Melbourne Fashion Festival, the reaction that you've had from that, the, the consistent uh, satisfaction you're getting from your customers at, at your Point Cook Shopping Centre uh, outlet, all those things, have, has, uh, has the vision changed from a, a smaller vision to a much, much larger one now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would like to expand. As I said, um, I'm on online uh, as well. And uh, there is going to be a bit of a shift in my business model um, as a lot of other customers wants to reach me out. So I'm going to be setting up a team who's going to look after the online customers and we're going to add something as we have an edge in terms of um, customer satisfaction and the customer service. We would like to extend it online as well. We are designing that model at the moment, and I'm going to set up a team that we can be reached. We can be reaching to many more people who need us, and it's not just um, 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 a young lady needing my my outfit. It is 
every age, we've got something for them. So um, if you have a special need, if you are a plus size or if you are uh, a petite, I mean, we are definitely going to look after you. So we want to reach out to more women out there who need a special clothing and they want to be looked after. So and something that is high fashion and that too with very competitive pricing. Is one of the challenges uh, that you face uh, with local manufacturing, is that is that something you've had to address? Oh, well, definitely, yes. It's hard because, look, I can sew. There is a couple of the other people who can sew, but it's very hard to um, get local manufacturing. Had it been um, a case where I do have a lot of seamstresses around and I can just get things done, I do not have to get the production from overseas. Um, I travel across the year. Um, I am actually traveling to different countries as well, but it's very hard um, to literally import things around, travel and get things made, the prototypes and the development, production. If I would have had um, strong support in terms of the labor, I would love to set up my, 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 my factory, I would say, the local manufacturing. So that's something definitely, that's one of the biggest challenges that we have to, we do face it. Now, the Melbourne Fashion Festival is one thing. What's, is, there, is there a bigger uh, fish to sort of uh, to get on the hook, uh, bigger than the Melbourne Fashion Festival, that you can now showcase uh, your, your designs and your, uh, your dresses and, uh, and your gear at? Yes, definitely. This is um, one of the, we, we, uh, as my organisers told me, there was a lot of things that they were particular about and he had to send out that code of conduct to us as well in terms of, you know, using the special materials, um, the constructions, everything has to be so perfect and, you know, things could be scrutinized as well at one point of time. So you're really, really careful and it's actually one of the biggest platform uh, and I feel myself, I've been very lucky to get through it and I was the one who, who could open the show, which is a privilege to any young designer like me. Uh, to open the runway for other people and being the first one to showcase. So, yes, definitely it's, it's benefited me a lot. Take me through the designing process and the, and the creative process there. Do you just – does something just pop into your head or do you see something or what, what, what kind of gets your creative juices going to, uh, to get you in that design mode? I am an observation freak. <laughs> I would uh-huh. say I just my, – I, my eyes get onto things. I keep taking notes. Um, I mean, that's what pretty much fashion is all about. You have to get, get your eyes hooked on to the trends. You should be aware of what's going on, what's the taste like, what people oh, – it's not always what you sketch is what people want. You have to design as for what people want, and you have to keep modifying. I mean, my USP is I've got a very short conversion time. So what I do, I usually um, have a very, I I get the prototype done. I do a quick run in the store just to see the response. And that does help me out to do just-in-time inventory. And once I do my runway, that really gives me, gears me up to what to produce and what not to produce. So not each time what I design would people like, but I'm really very versatile with adhering to the requirement around so I keep asking the ladies what they want, what they feel, and I keep editing and modifying my outfits. This is what I do. Yeah, that, um, that engagement it, you have with your customers is obviously definitely. paramount. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I do that. I'm very quick at change. I, I'm around like one month of conversion time, which is one of the very, very shortest lead time that I would say. Um, and because I've been working uh, with one of the top-notch brands like Zara when I started my career um, back in India, 
So we used to be manufacturing from them, and I really understand the lifespan, the production plan, how they work, how their logistics work, and everything. So I, being a small retailer, I really play very safe. And the fickle nature of the fashion industry would uh, would keep you on your toes, wouldn't it? All the time. All uh, it's so versatile, so versatile, and I really don't want to end up um, having dead stock. That's the last thing I would want. So not just a designer. I have to be a buyer. I have to be the logistics person. I have to look into every detail. And trust me, if somebody who wears my quality, they can't get away with it. They definitely want to come back. That's what we promise, and that's what that's what we never never compromise with. Well, listen. Congratulations on being part of the Melbourne Fashion Festival and being, uh, as we mentioned, uh, the independent runways event. Uh, you opened that. Uh, obviously, knocked it out of the ballpark and uh, and did a terrific job. Uh, and uh, we mentioned uh, your success in the in the Wyndham Business Awards. Uh, onward and upward. Uh, you're only you're two years old, so you've got uh, an enormous future ahead of yourself. And obviously, someone with a, a real uh, passion and real zest for it. Uh, Pruna, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Talking Wyndham podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you so much for taking the time out as well and I really appreciate it. Thank you Windham for um, um, nurturing me and my growth as well and such a big contribution to my business in terms of my development and that is what I do foresee as well. Um, thank you so much for inviting me for the podcast Kevin. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Well, thanks to Pruna and all the best to her in uh, her endeavours in the future. I think a very, very bright future uh, is awaiting uh, that uh, very determined, very talented and very hardworking uh, young lady. Uh, Pruna Akana is her name. It's Orne Trends. The uh, The label is actually Orne and uh, they've got a retail outlet at the Point Cook Shopping Centre. So go and see her and have a look at uh, what she has to offer and uh, I'm sure you will find something there. Uh, certainly uh, one, of the, uh, one of the great characters, one of the emerging businesses in uh, in our city of Wyndham. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. Until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.